1: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Alrighty, we are live, guys. Welcome back into the Candlestick Kids fantasy football podcast. Uh, kind of new faces, I guess, considering I was not here last week and now we have Dwayne on today, or Dwee's Nuts, I guess, on Twitter. Um, So we will be the Monday crew, possibly other days. As of now, just Monday, throughout the season, we'll be doing an episode uh, more... You could say analytical based, I guess, or like player prop type based as we go into the season. But as of now, we're going to be rolling with division previews for the channel, starting with the AFC West today. Before we get started, uh, we just want to thank uh, everybody for joining us on the Chris Landry Twitch channel, as well as Chris Landry for letting us be on his channel. Um, You can find that at if you're listening on the podcast or YouTube at www.twitch.tv slash Football. And you can search that on the podcast as well. He has his own uh, podcast in general, which has all of the podcasts underneath him. Um, You can go to www.landryfootball.com. You can see all the podcast pages as well as scouting reports as well as the uh, paid package on his website that he offers as well. Um, There's everything from fantasy football. Uh, We are the only fantasy football channel on the podcast to high school, to college, all the way to normal NFL recruiting, to NFL draft, to free agency. You can go back and listen to Dwayne's uh, high school recruiting uh, when he was going to go pro, but obviously that didn't happen. But besides the point, you can go listen to other players. You
2: like last minute. Come on. Yeah,
1: for sure. All righty. Um, but yeah, basically that's it. So go to LandryFootball.com or search the Landry Football Network on Twitch or just on podcast. But Dwayne, how are you doing, man? First time being a a live fantasy footballer guy, I if that's what you want to call it. How, how are you doing today? I am literally as
2: nervous as I've ever been to do anything at all, Mr. Kaser. No, I'm good. You know, I'm doing the same thing I've done every day since March, which is just just uh, playing fantasy football. I got two drafts
1: going on right now, so I'm kind of in it. I'm loving it. Absolutely. I mean, we got three, three and a half weeks. I think as someone tweeted today before football starts, um, we are yeah. we are in
2: redraft draft season right now, and as much as it's fun to talk dynasty all summer long, this is my jam. Give me that redraft, baby. Yeah.
1: I I kind of feel like that too. I feel like I um I don't want to say lost interest in dynasty, but as the summer went on, I just stopped checking my rosters more and like was just mm-hmm. kind of over it. I guess so. Yeah, I'm definitely with you on the redraft uh the hype train i guess um so that being said we'll hop right into it first uh you can see our draft guide at tckpod.com uh, our projections write-ups etc cetera, etc cetera. tons of stuff on there to get we have other packages you can buy in season you can uh have one of us and sky and the commish boys uh chris and the others that come on here help you with your league throughout the season we have a discord channel stuff like that questions get bounced around quite a bit Um. yeah, so it's a good time. So go down to TCKpod.com and get that going. All righty. AFC West, Dwayne, let's hop right into it here. The first team on the deck, the Denver Broncos. My Denver Broncos, as you can see in the background here. So, I mean, I'm just going to start off. We'll just do – but for every team, we can just start this since we're the first one. Are you buying or selling the Denver Broncos for fantasy football? As a team
2: overall, I think that's a a good way of putting it. I am – I'm selling as a team, and what it comes down to for me is, and, and I've been saying this all summer long, is um, I don't know if Drew Locke has it. Like I don't know if he's mm-hmm. good enough. There's, there's no excuses left, right? They bring in a new offensive coordinator who's going to set the field up for him to be able to succeed easily. They go out and draft a guy like Jerry Judy. Um, who else? K.J. Hamler on this team. Is that who they yeah. picked? They go out and get Melvin Gordon, bring him in onto this team to to complement Philip Lindsay. There is no excuses left for this kid. Either he's going to do it or not. And to be honest, I don't, I haven't seen enough um, from him to be able to say I'm buying the whole team. There are pieces here and there value wise that I'll take, but I can't I can't buy the whole team. I assume you're buying the team.
1: Um. No, to an extent, I think, and I've been pretty vocal on the TCK podcast that uh, I like to be realistic about it and that I can't just jump on the ship of it right away and say, oh my gosh, it's going to be a fantastic offense. Every single piece is going to be great uh, this year. This is a redraft specific podcast. Now, Dynasty, I, I get there's uh, hype and value to be had in Dynasty, but I think redraft, we definitely need to settle settle down a little bit. I've been saying that it's probably a next year thing more so than it is this year. And to the point of we don't know with Drew Locke, the thing is we we don't have anything to go off If We had five games last year against crappy defenses, which he performed average. Take that with what was, you will. Uh,
2: there was one game where he finished yeah. QB7. One inside the top 20 out of all five of those.
1: Players. Yeah. So I guess more so our, our real football perspective, he was good enough, I guess. But I don't want to say we're going to know week one because I feel like that's a bad uh to make a decision in week one, but I feel like we'll see in week one outside of the stat box if he looks comfortable, if he's clicking with the team, if if there's a leadership uh, presence with him. So we'll see, I guess, but we can go down the roster a little bit here. You know- um
2: before we move off of the guy, like, it's really unfortunate that we don't have a preseason because that's where you look at a guy like Drew see, yeah. and, and you don't have to see if the offense is clicking overall, right? All you're looking for is, does this guy look confident um, behind center? Does he look confident with the ball, reading defenses, progressing through reads? That's what you need to know. And to your point, you're going to see that pretty quickly. But yeah. but we haven't seen it yet. Like you said, five games, like, his 16-game pace last year was, um, what, 320. Completions, 3,200 yards, 22 touchdowns and 10 picks. That's good enough for QB 28 last year. This year, I think I ranked him in my projections as QB 21, but he's like, mm-hmm. a do I actually want him on my super flex? I don't know. I, I mentioned, you know, Pat Shermer, the new offensive coordinator. I will say this about Pat Shermer. Um, first of all, listeners, if you don't spend a, a huge chunk of your time researching what new coaches are going to do to your fantasy players, you're playing fantasy football wrong. Uh, and the bottom line with Pat Shermer is he's a run first guy. The last time he was an OC in Minnesota, he was, his team was second in rushing attempts, 22nd in pass attempts. His whole career mirrors that. So, you know, is this going to be a huge volume passing game? No, but, uh, that second and rush attempts looks good. What do you think of those two backs between Gordon and Lindsay?
1: Yeah. And I think, uh, for the coaching, we're not going to have time to get to it, but you can go to your podcast, your specific podcast, your football fantasy. And you guys did some episodes, uh, so go check that out. Oh yeah, for sure. But the running backs, I I stand a little more in the I don't know if it's like fandom of Philip Lindsay or just like what I think is actually going to happen. And I feel like it's pretty equal ish um, in terms of my projections that I have as of now. I have Gordon at 182 rushing attempts and Lindsay at 125. Gordon 70 targets, Lindsay 50. That seems fifty. I. Based 50? on the based on the fact that I don't have Royce Freeman playing at all, like, yeah, literally, like,
2: he got out targeted by Royce Freeman, who's not a pass catcher. You think he's going to come in and get fifty to Melvin Gordon 70? That's insane.
1: That's where I have the the fandom part of me is all off season. It was he was working on his passing game, working on his passing game, working on his passing game, and I don't know. That worked,
2: I, that worked out really well with Jordan Howard. Or, or that's or, true, uh, Jordan Howard. Yeah, yeah. In, in Chicago 2 years ago, right?
1: So, yeah, I get what you're saying. It seems a lot and I definitely if I need to adjust, that'll be the one thing I adjust cuz I think 125 rushing attempts is not that much for him to where I think I kind of balanced it out. But I feel like Melvin Gordon coming in getting 8 mil guaranteed, he's not going to not be the workhorse. He's a guy. Um that that being said, he has had trouble this is training camp week, so some hype uh a lot of hype happens. Some hype is good hype. And a couple of Gordon reports have been he's just getting adjusted to the the altitude. He's struggling to play in Denver just in general, which obviously that doesn't mean he's going to suck for fantasy. But that's just something to keep an eye on. Maybe his snaps might go down more than we're projecting. Maybe he won't be a full – he's not going to be a full three-down back, but he kind of actually is. That's where I'm struggling because Lindsey's still going to be an integral part of this offense. But where do you have these two uh, or three backs sort of projected or ranked? And-
2: you know, I'm not a fan of the Denver Broncos. So I feel like my take is more relevant than yours on this team specifically. And I've got them at um, the carry splits 230 to Gordon and 97 for Lindsey. Mm-hmm. Philip Lindsey's taking a, a back seat. And by that, I mean like the third row in the station wagon yeah. back seat to Melvin Gordon. 63 targets for me for Gordon and only 21 for Lindsey. Nobody's getting 1,000 yards on this team. It's. Um, 970, I think, is where I put put Gordon, but he's going to score touchdowns. That's what he's done his entire career. Eight on the ground. I've got him getting four through the air, because he's going to do all of that pass catching work on this team. That ain't Lindsey's job. Um, Royce Freeman's not even worth talking about. But I'm all in on Melvin Gordon right now. Uh, you can you can get him pretty discounted. He's actually my running back 14 overall um, in uh, PPR formats anyway. So. I'm going to buy him, and I'm I'm going to just ignore Philip Lindsay altogether and let some other – some Broncos fans somewhere suffer that.
1: Yeah, and I think Gordon's like the, the prototypical. We see this every year with one or two different backs. Like switching teams to a presumably pass-heavy offense due to moves they made in the offseason, and he kind of – I don't know if it's necessarily like a huge value because I don't know like his ceiling – I don't see unless he scores ten plus touchdowns, he's not going to crack top ten running backs. I don't. I just don't think that's possible. The fourteen is. I have him probably nineteen right now. I'm not. I don't have my final rankings in, or even. I haven't updated them in a while. He, he's
2: not. He's not going to get the touch count. He's not going to get the touchdown count to be able to do it. Um, top ten, but he's top. He's he's like I said. He's my fourteen. He's going to be. He's going to be just fine.
1: Mm, For sure. Now this, I think, is the the receivers or the pass catchers was what I was going to get to next. I think this is where uh, there's going to be a struggle to evaluate. And by that, I mean, Colton Sutton has been falling down a lot of people's boards due to the fact that there's this whole market share, how to evaluate market share. And I guess what I can say is there's a difference between being the dominant guy, inserting a bunch of new targets, and the pass attempts staying neutral. By that, I mean we'll talk about another good example. The Raiders, they're they're inserting a bunch of targets, and that team's not creating more plays. But the Broncos, we have to assume that they're inserting all those targets to create more plays for this offense, meaning the market share for Sutton's not going to go down. I can make the whole – like his role as a, a big-body possession guy, whatever, like he – no one's going to contend with him for that. And I think that has some value to it, but I really think it just comes down to, is this offense going to create more opportunities? And I think the Broncos will. Um, So that being said, I have, I mean, I can say the fantasy points is 207 for Sutton projected out. Now it's 112 targets. I gave 95 to Jerry Judy, 63 to Hamler, and I gave 95 to Noah Fant. How do you feel about those numbers? I guess as of now. Those are pretty good. I do want to say this about Cortland Sutton. Okay. There's a, there's a list.
2: It's a very short list. Seven guys on this list. Let me give you the guys names and then I'll tell you what they did last year. It's Kenny Galladay, Mike Evans, Michael Gallup, Chris Godwin, Devontae Parker, Amari Cooper and Cortland Sutton. Those are some big names. That's a big group to be part of. Those are the only guys in the league last year who had a hundred or more than a hundred targets and at least 15 yards per catch. Cortland Sutton landed there. All those other guys were a wide receiver one in a week somewhere along the line, maybe not Gallup, but those other guys were studs. Cortland Sutton has done everything, everything he's been asked to do. And uh it, the people out there that are saying Jerry Judy's gonna come in and immediately take over, uh, they're they're blind to what Sutton's done. I mean, he he's uh he's a great talent, outrageously athletically talented. I've got him going over hundred again, just like you. The split is pretty even between um what I've gotten, what you've got between Sutton and Judy. I would caution people who are buying the KJ Hamler thing, though. I don't think Hamler's going to be much of anything on this team at all. Uh, I think I'm at 30, 40, 35 targets somewhere in there. I do think mm-hmm. Deshaun Hamilton is going to have a nice little resurgence, uh, playing some of that slot role uh, as well. But, you know, it's between Sutton and Judy who you're going to take. And and to be honest, the eight, where the ADPs are right now, I'll take Sutton where he's fallen. Um, but I'm not touching Judy. I wouldn't take Sutton at too much higher an ADP um, that he's at right now either, just because again I'm, I'm not sure what this offense is, passing offense is going to be. But uh, yeah, you're right. Sutton's got Sutton's going to lead this team in receiving work, targets, uh, yards, all of these things. So good on you there.
1: What about uh, Noah Fan? This is a guy that I've kind of bounced back and forth with how I think this is going to work, and I think I uh, I. I guess I'm above what I thought I was going to be at 180 fantasy points, 95 targets, 889 yards, right around 900, and five touchdowns right now. So I feel like I'm high on him, but am I am I really super high on him, I guess, in general? Um.
2: Yeah, you are too high on Noah Fant. Here's why. Look, Noah Fant last year – before Drew Locke comes in, 4.8 targets a game. With Drew Locke in there, 2.8 targets a game. He went from three to two catches per game. I mean, he's, he was on pace with Drew Locke, the his current quarterback, for uh to be the 25th tight end in targets. Like I don't mm-hmm. think Drew Locke is a tight end fan. I don't think that's where he's looking. Maybe the offense wasn't designed to go there and Flacco just, you know, you know, his hard on for tight ends. So maybe he was doing all that work on his own. But I don't expect a, a lot from Noah Fan. He's one of these. You know, if I'm looking at bust potentials at the tight end position, it's absolutely got it. Noah Fant's on that list just because the volume, I don't think the volume is going to be there. And again, you add guys like Judy, you add guys like Hamler in there. Melvin Gordon is a pass catching back. Um, You know, neither of the two running backs last year had a ton of work coming out of the backfield. Melvin Gordon can bring that aspect to the team. I'm not, I'm selling Noah Fant all day. You know, if I had him in a dynasty somewhere, I'd be trying to sell him for the, the value people think he's got
1: for sure. All right. We got a question here and then we're going to move on to the next team. So from NBA rigged, you got this question. Do you have Sutton having, or projected to have more or less fantasy points per game than last year? He had 13.9. I just checked. I haven't projected for 12.9. So obviously the answer is yes, but kind of what we've been talking about is I still think that I just still think that it's still like a neutral if I had, because projections don't, Projections mean something, but when it comes down to final rankings, we still have to adjust here and there. So I, I'm going to say – My projections are perfect, Lucas. Well, perfect. yours are perfect. Yours are perfect though. But So I'm going to go neutral, but projections say less right now. What, what did you say he had last year per game? 13.9 in PPR. Yeah, I got him at
2: 11.5 in PPR. So, I, so yeah, I've got him going down just because, you know, he's going to give up some of that target share work. He's going to give up some of that touchdown work. I know he didn't score a ton of touchdowns just six, but this passing offense didn't score a lot. Um, so I think some of that goes other ways, you know, for sure. this year. Yeah. Good question. Appreciate, appreciate the question.
1: And we got one more here, kind of Broncos, kind of, I guess, in general. So in standard scoring, Sutton, Ridley, and A-Rob rank them. So I, I'm i pretty big on Ridley this year, but in standard I'd have to adjust. Um, actually, I don't know. You go first, I guess, is this is this a saying, tough one in standard.
2: Standard scoring? Yeah. Um, this is easy for me. Uh, Allen Robinson I have ranked inside my top uh, 13, 12, 13, somewhere around there. Ridley is in the very next tier, probably around 16. And um, I have Cortland Sutton ranked 20, where is it? 38. So it's, it's not close. Allen Robinson far and away is okay. the winner here for me. And you can't you can't ignore Calvin Ridley's touchdown work. Sutton's, yeah, Sutton's yeah. Sutton's far off, far off the mark. And the again, the only reason I take him is because his ADP has fallen enough that his ceiling is worth half.
1: For sure. Yeah, I think I'd have I've really in I've really above A Rob and PPR as of now. They're neck and neck. And then I'd probably switch it for standard for A Rob to Ridley down to Sutton. So yeah, but I agree with you there. Good question, though. It's definitely something to think about. Um sort of the the value when they switch so let's move on here so we stay on time the kansas city chiefs the super bowl champions a lot of a lot has happened for them a team that you would think wasn't much going to happen so they i think they ranked number one uh, possibly depending on there's one or two more guys um that might be hurt or whatever on the continuity scores from the athletic which i think are a really good thing to look at because continuity does matter especially this year i think it's even weighted heavily so, they have everything going right for him. They draft Clyde Edwards-Alaire, bring back Sammy Watkins on a cheap deal. And he might even be like the seventh best option on this team next year, which is going to be a good thing. Uh, McCole Hardman is getting a lot of hype, but I still think he's a good value at his ADP. Um, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes. So, where where do you want to start here? Um, I mean, is Mahomes, I guess, it, is Mahomes your quarterback one? Yeah, he's my one.
2: He's my one. Although I will say that I have four quarterbacks in the first tier, and I wouldn't be surprised if any one of them finishes one. There's, you know, there's just a little variability in all of them. But yeah, you can't not rank him one just based on what he and Reed have done over the last two mm. years. Is uh, I'm not buying the the, the storyline that when he came back from injury, his per game whatever was yeah. shut up. I'm not interested in hearing it. He's the one
1: going who, into this. Who are the other? T- I'm assuming it's Lamar because I have Dak in my tier one. Is it Dak and someone else or?
2: My rankings go: Mahomes one, Dak is two,
1: okay. um, Lamar's three, and I got Kyler at four. Okay, yeah, I think I have Russ at four, Kyler five. But yeah, so I think I have Lamar at one, and it's it's off the basis that not the fantasy production for Mahomes dipped, but the team efficiency dipped. Not that it wasn't good, because you can't sustain fifty-five touchdown team efficiency year on year out they can easily throw for 55 touchdowns but i think it's just we have to make them a good offense and not a great offense when we project every single year because in reality the probability says you're going to be good and not great year in and year out but i agree that um i guess on top of that do you say one quarterback leagues remain your, your main your normal ppr one quarterback leagues are you super anti going quarterback in round three or is there kind of you kind of yeah. work around that at all? Okay. Yeah, I'm a t- I'm around ten QB guy, and in one
2: quarterback league, good. I mean, there's so many guys. Like I'll take I'll take Philip Rivers late. You know, <laughs> yeah. I, I, you don't need to draft him to the 14th round, and I think he's going to be just fine this year. But yeah, um, I think just this year and some of the. I've done 45 drafts so far and I've tried taking quarterbacks early on. So I'm doing it a little bit here and there. And Mahomes is certainly a guy that you reach on just because uh, both his ceiling and floor are so ridiculous. But uh, Mahomes is who Mahomes is. Let's let's move on and let's talk about oh, CEH sure. because all right. I think it's a more right. interesting conversation. You know, Damian Williams leaves and all of a sudden people, for whatever reason, are really confused about what to do with CEH. For me, it was easy. Um, he got a boatload of work, he is now in a PPR format, my running back 10. Uh, because, look, last year, say what you will about the running backs in Kansas City, they got 32.1 touches per game last season. That's top 10 in the category. Now, it was spread across LaShawn. Damian Williams guys missed some time here and there. So there were a few guys that did it, which made it look like no running back for Kansas City was that good. But they, they touched the ball a lot. So really, it just comes down to what's the share going to be? I decided that I want to give the total touch share. I wanted 70% of that go to CEH, which might sound really high. But, you know, when Kareem Hunt was there, a guy that Andy Reid really liked, was super athletic and can do a lot of things for that team. Um, He had 97% touch share in 2018 before he left, and 81% touch share over the entirety of his rookie season in 2017. So I think 70% touch share is conservative, and 70% of those touch, touches go to CEH, puts him as my 10. So, I, you know, I don't see his floor being outside the top 14. What do you think about this kid?
1: Well, he is my RB5 in CPR. Yes. I mean, because hashtag fade Dalvin Cook at all costs. But <laughs> I, it, hey. it's crazy to say this because, like, I'm big on, like, probabilities and numbers and, like, using that to, like – value players and i don't see a way he's not in the top 10 like i i just i don't know i just visually like can't think of a way obviously injury like for any player but i just if he plays say he plays 60 percent of the snaps that's what 16 17 touches a game yeah in the chiefs offense as the third and touch order which but that means that he's the second least game planned for, like, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's, I've met a 160, 160 rushing attempts and 80 targets right now at 245.1 fantasy points, PPR fantasy points. So I feel like I'm low, but like, I, I think the rushing work is where we'll get disappointed in terms of, I think Deandre Washington's going to have a pretty significant role in in an actual football standpoint. He's a good fantasy pick just for a handcuff or whatever. But I think he's he'll a good have, football
2: player. Yeah. Like what's yeah. on him? He's
1: a good football player. And I I mean he has the shower narrative of Patrick Mahomes at Texas Tech. So that's there too. I have him for I have Washington for 55 rushing attempts. This was pre-Chiefs camp because I have like Darwin Thompson 40 and Darrell Williams 30. So I'll mess around with those. But do you I guess um How, like, total touches, how much do you have projected, and where do you think, like, his floor and his ceiling are?
2: I have C.H. only getting 209 carries, um, but 73 targets. I think he's going to do so much work in the passing game. Like, he's so dynamic on the field if you watched any LSU games last year. He'll go over 1,000 yards rushing, I think, even just on 209 because there is no running back that wears that jersey that – fails to go under 4.6 or whatever it is, right? So expect a big number there, almost 500 receiving yards for me. And like I said, his floor can't be outside. Like his floor is basically an RB1, maybe 14 is, is, is as low as he'll go. Um, the guys ahead of him, I'm a little wary that I don't I don't think he's going to go much higher than RB7. That might be a ceiling for me. One of the concerns that you know would be a mistake not to bring up is, the offensive line in, in Kansas city, you know, say what they will, they're, they're a, they're a really solid pass protection bunch, but um, the middle of that line struggled last year and it certainly hasn't gotten any better. Um, so, I, so I'd be a little concerned about that, you know, Ceh being a smaller guy he needs a little bit of help, at least between the tackles, if he's trying to, trying to push the sticks a little bit, but it, it, he's fine. I mean, he's going to be really, really damn good. And if you drafted him, before this happened you could not be any happier I don't know yeah. what his adp is right now I haven't looked um, but but I'm taking him where I can get him I took him in, in a recent draft I think I had the the 10 or 11 hole and I mm-hmm. took him I took him in the first round just because I wanted to share somewhere um, he's, he's he's gonna be good
1: yeah no I it, it's crazy that that all like, that one player that hasn't played a full season and wasn't a starting running back prior to last year made that much of an impact in 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 a rookie's projections, you could say, or just a player in general. Um, staying on the topic of projecting, I guess a Chiefs player, McCole Hardman, is it is he is is he a thing this year, or what, what do you think? Look. I'm
2: concerned. This is a guy that every time I see him, you know, wherever it is, 11th round, 12th round, I get really excited for a second. But right before I hit that button, something stops me. The bottom line is when, there were injuries, a lot of injuries last year. But when Sammy Watkins, Tyreek Hill, and Miko Hardman were all healthy last season, uh, which was supposed to be Michael Hardman's breakout season before this year was supposed to be his breakout season, uh, he had two targets per game. When those three guys are all yeah. on the field, there, there's there's just so much going on. And Sammy Watkins, man, Sammy Watkins is really good. He, you know, he doubled Hardman's target count on the season last year. 6.9 targets a game for Watkins and only 7.4 for Hill. Like The team likes him. Mahomes likes Sammy Watkins. They brought him back, even though everybody in the fantasy world were hoping that they just kind of let that contract expire, uh, let him go away. They did that for a reason. I'm so hesitant. to to jump on Hardman just because what's going on there, the other guys on this team, um, you know, if it's a dynasty all day because Sammy Watkins is getting older, he's going to be gone someday, but it ain't today. It ain't this year.
1: Mm. No, I think, yeah, I I agree with the whole, like, my projections can say whatever. I'll continuously rank Watkins ahead. I continuously won't draft Hardman just because, I guess the way I, when are you going to start him? When are you going to know to play him outside of when Watkins is hurt? And even when Watkins is hurt, when are you going to play him? He's not a guy that like if a player gets hurt, his role his role goes up obviously. But he's not like okay, now he's getting seven targets. That's like not the player he is. So I I agree that it's just a it's just a uh, the the famous good best ball pick, terrible uh, redraft pick, and I yeah. guess I'm.
2: You know, I, I almost said that, but I feel like I've said it a thousand times. Yeah, I hate it saying it. Nothing at all to me. Yeah. But he is that. He is an extraordinarily explosive player. If Tyreek Hill wasn't on this team, he'd play the Tyreek Hill role in a heartbeat. Um, he can score on any given play. The bottom line is uh, he just doesn't – they don't look his way. So I'm I'm, I'm off of him. Um, but speak, speaking of Tyreek, like Tyreek's my number eight this year. I love Tyreek Hill. The only thing that can stop him is him getting hurt. That's it, you know. Uh, i love travis kelsey this year because travis kelsey's the world's greatest fantasy tight end say what you will about kittle kittle is a better nfl tight end i'm sure because he blocks like an animal yep. uh but kelsey doesn't need to do that he just catches balls and scores touchdowns there's not, not a lot end. i mean this team is what they are not, not nothing changed from last year except they got a running back who's more dynamic and more explosive
1: yeah, and I mean Kelsey's the best second round pick in fantasy football you can have, but people don't don't want to admit it yet. Um, one day, one day they will. I don't know when that's going to be, but one day. Uh, for I sure. love him, but it's
2: hard for me to take him in the second round. Hey. I have, but it's it's just it just never feels quite right to take a tight end, even a tight end of that caliber.
1: Yeah, and then the you get round. like eighteen points a week in your tight end spot, and you're like, that was a good pick, and then you just you just yeah. move on with your life after that. So. <laughs> Yeah, I guess that's really it for them. I mean, Watkins, Easy. His, AD, yeah, Easy. his ADP is good enough to take a shot on, I guess. But outside of the core, three and a half with CEH, I guess if you want to pay for the ADP, they're pretty chalky in terms of uh, how to evaluate their team. Avoid
2: Hardman. You So I got a Boston Noah Fant on our first team. I got a bust in McCole Hardman on our second team. I can yeah. see, if I, see if i find one on this next team for you.
1: All righty. That being said, next up is the Los Angeles Chargers. The Hard Knox ADP Risers uh, episode two will be out tomorrow, I guess. Um,
2: Can I tell you how mad uh, I am here? Yep. I, I steal my cable from somebody, and he cancels at his HBO account this year. And I found out when I tried to watch the first episode. I'm so
1: mad about that. Yeah, I had to buy the HBO Max or now or I don't know. It's worth it. I, I, Hard Knocks is that's great, great, uh, great TV for sure. It's great, it's great coronavirus TV. There's nothing better. That's true. All right. The Chargers, okay. the whole. I
2: talk, can I talk about this offensive coordinator real fast? Because on oh, my yeah, podcast, ahead. your football fantasy, I'm the one that did the deep dive on this guy. And, uh, it, it, it's, it's interesting and it's worth talking about. Okay. Go for it. Yes. Yes. I agree with, uh, NBA rig there. Never okay, for pay for cable, but you are allowed to get really mad if the person that does pay for it for you stops paying for it. Um, Okay, so this guy, I don't know how to say his name. Tell me how to say Shane Station's Steichen, Steichen, name. Do you know? Just like that. Okay, that was perfect. Um, look, he took over last year, halfway through the season or so. And some things happened on this Chargers offense when he took the reins as offensive coordinator. First, Phillip Rivers' interceptions per game doubled. Okay. Second, Austin Eckler's touchdown opportunity was cut in half. Third, Hunter Henry's fantasy scoring was cut in half. Okay. A couple things that he showed that he loved that you need to think about this year. Cause I said it a few minutes. Ago, I'll see it again. If you're not looking at the coaches, you're doing this wrong. Um, this dude loves to chuck the ball as far downfield as possible. It's his bread and butter. Um, of course, at the same time, he doesn't love to throw it a lot, right? He just went from 40 to 35 passing attempts per game, but they went much further down the field. And as a result of throwing the ball down the field a little bit further, they scored more points per game, went from 24th to 16th in the league. Um, They opened up the run game a little bit. They went from 3.8 yards per carry to 4.35 yards per carry as a team when he came in. Uh, And then uh, once they got into the red zone, not really a deep ball thing, but uh, he's a much more efficient coach in the red zone, play, calls a better play. They went from 28th in the league to 15th in the league in red zone scoring when they got in there. So my expectations for the whole team, everything is going to be more efficient, even if they don't pass it as much. Um, and there's going to be a lot of turnovers for our boys, Tyrod Taylor and Justin Herbert, because he's going to take way too many risks. For If he was willing to chuck it like that with Phillip Rivers, who has a long history of throwing interceptions, you better believe he's going to chuck it with these two young kids uh, and they're going to pay the price.
1: For sure. I guess I I didn't look into it too much, I guess, in terms of that. Um, so that being said, you said they're going to throw the ball less but more downfield. So how do you have these quarterbacks projected out? So I think – I guess I can – there's two ways I see this going. Their first six games, I think they have a pretty easy path to 3-3, three and 2-4. Three, and four. So I cut the split there in terms of Tyrod will be benched after week six, so the, the split is six and ten for games played for uh six Tyrod ten Herbert, but I think this defense is good enough to where he can make it all the way to week ten, and it'd be ten Tyrod Herbert six. So I, I don't know if you did like uh, a theoretical split where you went through the schedule or you just slice it in half or. I, I,
2: as a as a rule, when I'm not sure when it looks like or a situation like this or a situation in Miami, what I always do in proj- my projections is split it at the bye. I say after the bye, the rookie's going to come in. Uh, and at, what is there, bye, like week nine, something like that?
1: I think week that, yeah, because that'd and be the they, week 10, yeah. Yep. Yeah,
2: so, so it's a near near even split for me, nine, seven split for me. Um, and, and to be honest, like, I don't think either of these two quarterbacks is going to be any anything special this year. You know, I'll give Tyrod Taylor 2,000 yards in nine games, which is fine. But 11 touchdowns, 10 touchdowns for Herbert in his seven games—like they're not going to score a lot. They're not going to be worth your redraft time at all this year. Um, ignore in Dynasty, totally different story. Love me some Justin Herbert in in Dynasty. You know he's going to run the ball plenty. He's a he's a very athletic dude,
1: but uh, not not for redraft purposes. No, thank you. So then, that being said, we just got a question here, and I'll pop it up. Austin Eckler is a very – what's the word? Confusing guy to uh, project this year, I think. I think there's people that fall back to the, like, target the running back, which is lazy analysis. Like, no quarterback targets the running back. They target the better players on their team. And then there's the whole, like – yeah, exactly. So, I mean, the question is, do you have Eckler – uh, for more projected for more touches this year than last year. He had 202 last year. If I did my quiz last year, let me tell you my exact projections. Um, more, in
2: fact, I have him with 95 targets going to turn into 68 catches. And I actually, I gave him 191 rushing attempts. That might that might be a little high. The more I looked into that, I feel like that might end up being a little bit high. But yeah, he's going to have, you know, he'll have at least 250 touches this year, even if most of those. Um, at least most of the effective and efficient ones worth worth watching are in the past game
1: so i have them for three oh one in terms of touches and oh, wow. when i when i was doing the projections I was like okay this seems kind of crazy but then like i went and like looked at it after and i have justin jackson um at one twenty eight josh kelly at uh, sixty four it's uh, a whole i mean if if I find out who the RB2 is and I'll just flip-flop them, like, no big deal. Simple, I'll, I'll simple tell
2: flex. you who the RB2 is right now. You want to know? It's Josh. Josh Week- Kelly.
1: Yeah, I agree. But I'm just going to go off their depth chart for now. But I don't see a way that Josh Kelly, the the RB2 gets more than 140. I think that's insane or else we need to raise their ADP because they're going to be a fantastic flex either way. So I think I moved Eckler up to my RB7 based on the projection and previous rank gap. Because I haven't had, 320 points is what the projection comes out to. And that'd be RB2 last year, like the standalone RB2, uh-huh. RB, yeah. And that's where I have the issue of, is that legit? Is that not? But you go to the splits without Melvin Gordon and it's legit. And then if you go to the splits with Melvin Gordon, it's kind of where he gets drafted at. So I, I'm having a hard time with it. So the answer is more. I think it's easily more, but it's the question is how much more, because that's what we're trying to evaluate when it comes down to draft time.
2: Look, your boy, your boy, Stee, Shane Steachy, Steech, stitching whatever his name is, that OC. Um, what he, what he seemed like, he he very much favored Melvin Gordon in the run game, and part of that is because he likes a power run game. Austin Eckler's not that. The mm-hmm. split you mentioned him after Gordon came back. You know, Eckler had zero rushing touchdowns, eight of eleven of his games with uh, less than three point two yards per carry. Four carries on the goal line after he came back next to Melvin Gordon's 13 carries on the goal line, his attempts, his yards, all and his fantasy points, all of those cut in half when Gordon got back. And stain Schleich, whatever his name is, um, they, got it, they got even worse when he took over because that dude likes a big back. That dude likes a power run game. Joshua Kelly is a nice size and skill set comp to Melvin Gordon, a whole lot better than Austin Eckler is. By the time Justin Herbert takes over, Joshua Kelly will be the lead ball carrier on this team, not the running back. Eckler's going to be in a lot because he's going to catch a lot of passes like he did when Melvin Gordon was in there. But it's going to be Joshua Kelly running the ball uh, most often as a, as a ball carrier. He's going to be a far and away better ball carrier than Eckler. I don't want anybody to hear me say he's going to be a better running back, a better fantasy asset. None of that. I have him at 41 and I have Eckler at 13, but he is the better ball carrier on this team. He's going to be the lead ball carrier.
1: Fair enough. I, I think I think that's definitely a fair take. Um, so the, the, we have another question. Um, so he finished his RB6 last year uh, with the increased touches. Where would you project he finished? So obviously I, I haven't projected as the RB2, but like I said, um, projections are more of an indicator of what can happen and different different percentages of outcomes. I would say I think due to the pass-catching work, he's locked in RB1 in terms of 1-12. to 12. For me personally, I would say he's in that like five to like nine range. Um, I, I get that. It could be a little high, but I think that's pretty safe floor slash ceiling. I, I don't think there's a way he gets past Zeke, Saquon, and Kamara. That's just – it. You'd, a lot would have to happen for that because he would have to match their production, be on a worse team, and they would have to do worse than them. So, I mean, it's a whole string of events. So, I would say like the RB five to nine range. Um, he's a very, very – Safe slash good pick to pair with, sort of a risky RB turn guy like Jacobs, Kenyon Drake. If you like the running back, running back. If not, Julio, Michael Thomas, guys like that.
2: Real quick, well, uh, let me answer this because your answer's wrong and my answer's right, and this guy needs to know the truth, Lucas. He's going to have more touches, but his touchdown opportunity is going to go down so much. Um, that he's going to finish worse than he did last year. He's outside the top 10 or 12 for me. I don't, I don't remember what I said. He's at 14 or something. He's going to be fine, but look, at eight eight receiving touchdowns last year. I don't think he has that just because I think this pass offense stalls when it comes to scoring time. I don't think those quarterbacks are going to throw a lot of touchdowns. It's not Phillip Rivers in there anymore, mind you. Um, and Joshua Kelly is going to be the guy that gets the opportunity to score with the ball on the ground just because Austin Eckler is not very good at that thing we got to hit these uh wide receivers and tight ends real quick shall we okay. and then we gotta move yep. on we're running out of time bro an hour's not long enough who thought we could do this i now? know it's it's fast
1: but all right the receivers i mean from my standpoint it's keenan allen and leave it at that um so oh. i mean i have henry henry's just injury prone he not going to get over it's it's mini evan ingram in terms of the injury sort of situation but keenan allen what's you, what's your take um do you believe me in the fact that if you play the slot and you're dominant for five straight years, it doesn't matter? Or are you fading due to, honestly, a more efficient quarterback coming into this team? Keenan Allen is a great wide receiver in the NFL. He's never been a great
2: fantasy receiver because he doesn't score touchdowns. Same problem that Eckler has. This team mm-hmm. is not going to – this team might be the lowest scoring offense in the league by the end of the year, which hurts him greatly. Um, I have met 33. I have Mike Williams at 35. The it other is. thing that Shane Steichen did when he came in is he, he specifically, he had a whole tab in his playbook written for plays to Mike Williams. He specifically designed plays to get Mike Williams open. Mike Williams went from 15.2 ca- yards per catch before the OC change to an insane 25.1 yards per catch after the OC change. Obviously that number is unattainable, But 17 is coming, my friend. The other thing we have to remember about Mike Williams and his quote-unquote bust year last year is by a good margin, Mike Williams was the most double-teamed wide receiver in the league last year. You bring in Tyrod Taylor, a rookie quarterback after him, uh, an offensive coordinator that's going to run the ball, and I promise you that doesn't happen again. Um, this this guy's the guy that's that's going to benefit and score touchdowns. I still have Keenan Allen finishing higher than him because he is who he is, but struggles there. Tight um, uh, end eight for Henry,
1: so not a day. good. He's going to finish there, but he's not a good pick. He'll get you nine points right. a game, but yeah. Right. Uh, one more question here: Eckler or Aaron Jones? Then we'll move on to the Raiders. I'll take I'll take Eckler over Jones. Uh, yeah, I agree. I think I think they're definitely on the same same. uh sort of ADP sort of evaluation.
2: Jones can't do what he did again last year. He was, he was efficient
1: to a degree that is absolutely unsustainable. Fair enough. Alrighty. The Las Vegas Raiders. I, okay. I, so I have a very, um, I want to say realistic, but that might be too, like, I guess cocky is the word. The, the, Presumed every single player on this, this is the scenario I was talking about. The Broncos could see more market share uh, or less market share variance for Sutton because they might score more points. They might get more plays run. They might, I don't know, be more efficient on offense. The Raiders, however, aren't going to run. They're not going to find a way to run more plays out of this offense. Derek Carr was one of the most efficient quarterbacks last year. He has been his whole career. None of this is changing. Now we have reports that Edwards is going to start over Renfro, who was their leading receiver last year. Now Williams might not be the starter. Algalore is running with the ones. Ruggs is going to play all over the field. Josh Jacobs apparently is going to catch 60 balls because his team's going to run 100 more plays, I guess. So for me, this Raiders team is, if you take one player, if you have to take one player, gun to your head, Derek Carr is who you take, no one else. We, we broke down, not on here, but on on uh, just a separate podcast, the whole Josh Jacobs thing. Yes, he's one of the, probably the top five pure runners in the NFL, fantastic running back. But in order for him to catch more passes than he had or to get more targets than last year, not only would Hunter Renfro have to repeat at 74 targets, Darren Waller would not have to go up. Ruggs, Brian Edwards, Rashard, and Lynn Bowden would all have to stay below Hunter Renfro. I get that might be confusing to, like, visualize in your head. But for him to increase, the others will have to decrease from last year. And I don't think the highest receiver on this team when they go out and draft two is going to be 74 targets. So, I mean, your take on the Raiders, I guess, do you have – are you taking any of these guys or kind of how do you feel? I mean, so, like,
2: under Gruden, here's Derek Carr's yardage numbers. First he went 4,049 yards, then he went 4,054 yards. Five yards difference year over year. He went 19 touchdowns and 21 touchdowns. So, like, this is about what he's going to be. I gave him a little bit more this year in the projections because of the investment they made in the passing game. But not much more. You said it like there's very little about this offense that's going to change. They're not going to all of a sudden come out with, you know, a whole new offensive scheme or find a way to run, you know, it's 40 more pass attempts on the season or anything. It is what it is. Um, I've got Derek Carr at my 20. He's a guy that you flirt with for your super flex quarterback, too. Yeah. But his touchdown numbers are always going to disappoint you under Gruden, even if his yardage is uh, solid somewhere in the top 12 in the league each year. You hit it on the head with Jacobs. He's my 19 in PPR, although he's my 12 in standard. I think he's going to, I have him projected for second, only behind Derek Henry for the rushing title, 1,300 something yards, because they're going to use him and use him. And use him, and use him. Um, I don't. I don't buy Brian Edwards for uh, half a minute. I mean, I don't know. Brian Edwards is worthless. But so is Hunter Renfro, and so is Tyrell Williams. I have Williams at seventy-two, Rug or uh, Renfro at seventy-three, and Brian Edwards at ninety-eight. Now, Rugs is Rugs is uh, my highest ranked guy on this team. You you know how I, you may not remember, but you know how I feel about Rugs. I don't think he's a He's anything to to throw at your underpants at. I don't know how to say that yeah, without staring a lot. And I've been told to keep my mouth clean. <laughs> but, um, I got rugs at at forty right now. You know, I wouldn't. I, I might draft him at his ADP because in in um, full league ADPs, he's going he's going pretty late after plenty of plenty of rookies. And rugs is right up there near the top of the rookies for me. I think maybe Pittman and Jefferson are the only two I have finishing higher than him. But it's all pretty close. Uh, but the most interesting piece has to be Darren Waller, right? Like Darren Waller was – he's one of four tight ends last year to have 100 targets. He's going to do that again. Um, and if you're in a PPR situation, if it's a tight end premium, like get the guys that catch the ball a lot. Forget Mark Andrews who catches a lot of touchdowns. Give me the guy who's going to catch the ball a lot uh, and score occasionally. He was one of five tight ends with a 22% target share last year. Even if that goes down a little bit, I dropped him to a 20% target share. That's plenty. I dropped him to four touchdowns. I dropped him to just one thousand fifty-four yards instead of twelve hundred yards. He's still my tight end three, finishing ahead of Mark Andrews. So I'm taking him everywhere I can get him because he's going around the tight end five, six, sometimes seven.
1: Yeah, I don't. I guess I. Yeah, I think like Waller might be the only Jacobs. I'm just off because people will make the case that take pass catchers on good teams and then they'll make a case for Josh Jacobs completely contradicting their last statement. So that's besides the point just Jacobs is not a good pick unless you're banking on a bunch of touchdowns and non passing work in general compared to the guys gave, around him.
2: him eight touch, like
1: eight touchdowns. I think he's, he's fine and he's going to be a really
2: good running back, but in a PPR format, if you're taking him, you better take somebody else. that's going to also catch the ball a lot because yeah. you just can't, you can't ignore that statistical category. On your yeah. team, I'll tell you who's interesting to me. Though I think Lynn Bowden is interesting mm. this year. I don't know that he'll finish really well in redraft. I have him at like running back fifty, but I think he's going to catch a lot of balls. I think he overtakes Jalen Richard pretty easily for the bulk of the targets the, uh, out of the backfield. I think they're going to leave him on the field as often as possible, maybe in two sets with Jacobs and try to try to get him the ball in creative and interesting ways. We saw we saw last year even with Hunter Renfro, they were getting real creative at the end of the season with how they wanted to get him the ball. I don't think anybody want anybody, even in Las Vegas wants Hunter Renfro to be that guy. I think they'd much rather Lynn Bowden be that guy who's, who is insanely athletic. So, you know, if he gets 46, 50 targets this year, wouldn't surprise me. Um, And it might be a nice, nice, like sleeper, sorta um, dynasty sleeper for sure.
1: Yeah, I think uh, I'll go back to Waller and then we can get kind of wrapped up here. I think, he had 119 targets last year. From where I stand, there's no way he repeats that. You admitted it. People that like to argue with me say he's going to get less work. 100 targets as well. I think I gave him like 97. And I'm high compared to people around the industry. Guys that are full-time fantasy, people have him 80, 85. Like, So I'm fairly high on him, I guess, compared to everyone else. And projections-wise, rankings-wise, right about the same. Just due to the tight end landscape, being the tight end landscape in general. So if we're projecting him to repeat the 119, like I said, the highest receiver relatively has to have around 74 targets. And that was Hunter Renfro who kind of like didn't play most of the year. Right. So that's obviously going to go up the whole he's due for positive regression and the touchdown department. Uh, No, I guess is the answer because he led the team in red zone attempts. That doesn't, unless, like I said, unless this team gets in the ball in the red zone more, which they were right above league average. So you're projecting this offense to be basically top 10 for him to get more red zone attempts. He led the team in red zone attempts with Tyrell Williams and Hunter Renfro to compete with because it's not like Josh Jacobs was getting targeted. So there's just a lot of question marks as to improvement for these players, whereas I see more the, the, the downgrade just seems a lot more reasonable. But I do think... I could be wrong just because they really could give Josh Jacobs 60 targets and just say, screw you to Jalen Richard. Screw you to – Ruggs could be what you think Rugs is going to be. I don't really have a take because I don't know how to evaluate it. I'm Did with you, you project- on Edwards.
2: I, I want to know how you projected Ruggs. Did you?
1: Yeah, here, I'm going to pull it up here. Yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty, like, safe, I guess, in terms of, like, a wide receiver one relatively for a team that's going to play quite a bit of snaps. Um, I have him projected at – eight rushing attempts for 72 yards and a touchdown, and I'm at 75 targets. Okay.
2: And, well, I'm at yeah. 86 targets leading the team as a wide receiver, which goes 785 and 5. Um, I went for 12 rushing attempts, 148 yards. I think he's going to go off there and score twice. Those rushing attempts really help bump him up for me, but uh, there's just, you know, there's not a ton of passing work. I do, I do still have Waller at 109. Like, I still have him over 100 because – I think he earned it, but four touchdowns. To your point, only four touchdowns. It's not like he's going to score a lot. Give me the catches, give me the yardage. That's how you're going to score points with him.
1: For sure, I totally agree. All Brian right, anything
2: Edwards, here? my bust on this team. If you draft Brian Edwards, you don't deserve to be in your league again next <laughs> season.
1: Okay, uh, who was your bust on the Chargers? It was just kind of like everyone, I guess.
2: I forgot. Let me go look. My bust on the Chargers was probably going to be. I mean Eckler, if you're projecting him at the two, but I think he's going to be good enough. Yeah, the whole passing attack, really, probably Keenan Allen because I have him at 33.
1: But uh, you know, all right, all right, fair enough. I think that's good enough a breakdown for for the AFC West for me. Um, so yep. West. Next up tomorrow, another a, to be honest, I don't know, AFC South. I think we're basically going to do it uh, Monday through Thursday these next two weeks. Uh, that gives us the week before the draft. We're going to kind of recap and, ter- and combine the final sort of week of fantasy push. Um, so we're going a lot of questions like we did today. So thank you for answering uh, or thank you for asking the questions for us to answer. Thank you for tuning in live on the Chris Landry, uh, the Chris Landry uh, podcast network on Twitch. You can go find his stuff at www.chrislandry.com. Our draft guide is on tckpod.com. You can follow us on Twitter down below, Instagram down below. Uh, and if your football fantasy is your podcast, go check out the coaching changes episode um, and anything else to add. At this, it was a, it was
2: a month and a half long series, bro. We go oh, deep on those coaches. We go deep. Yeah. If like, you know, if you like, uh, if you like drunken idiots talking fantasy football at deep into the night, that's my show. Go go check me out. Your football fantasy. We're everywhere. Do do go take a look at this draft guide, though. I was in there um, just yesterday kind of updating some stuff. I put my full projections in there. I projected 400 players, every stat category all the way. Get in there and do that. Um, go to go to landryfootball.com and find every like I've been playing around on LandryFootball.com for about a week now, every day, two, three hours, and I still haven't seen everything. This is a hmm. – they've got everything on this site, man. It's, a, it's an awesome place to be, and I'm, I'm glad to be part of it. I, I appreciate it to Chris Landry letting us be here um, and you and Sky for bringing me on. But uh, good times, man. This is There's a lot going on. It's a beautiful, wonderful time of year, and let's all cross
1: our fingers real hard that football happens. For Sure, Alrighty. So, we will catch you guys tomorrow, Wednesday, Thursday, and I think Friday. The commission boys are hopping on here. Oh, and NBA rigged one final comment let us know when you do your next mock draft. We for, for sure will. We'll probably have to do one live or something that'd be that'd be pretty cool. Hey, uh, did sure. you, talk, you talk about the listener leagues that we
2: got going on? NBA rigged here, probably wants to know about how we can get in on oh, it. Oh,
1: for sure. All right, NBA rigged. If you go, since if you're yeah, whoever else is in here, I think Sky's in here too. Uh, if you go to our Instagram uh, or Twitter, whatever one you use, if you send in uh, – send a message to Sky who runs the account, he will hook you up with how to apply. I forgot off the top of my head what he what he told us to do. Um, I was on the website but couldn't join. All right, here, send, send – uh, we're, we're struggling today. Send a DM over to Sky or Lucas. They'll hook you up, man. Yeah, I'm sorry for our lack of um, professionalism or – I'm, I'm, fix, I'm fixing the website
2: for these guys. It'll be it'll be fine. It'll all be I'll be fine for now. Just uh, bug Lucas at Lucas Kaser on Twitter, Instagram, wherever, and eventually yeah. or at Caser underscore Lucas, yeah. whatever it is. He'll get you in there, buddy. We need you in there.
1: All righty, boom! There we go. we got it. All right, we'll see you guys tomorrow. Peace out.
0: Only four percent of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them.